Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the program. Time now to talk some football. We might talk a bit of golf. We could talk weather. We could talk filling in three hours of airtime when the... Um, what do they call it? Force majeure, uh, the hand of God happens. Uh, that's what happened to Daniel Garb out there when he was calling the Sydney FC versus Perth Glory game in the A-League. He's on the line. G'day, Daniel. Hello, Jimmy. How are you, mate? Uh, I'm really well. That test you as a broad... You should come up with a talk topic, like what's your favourite tour that you wish you were on or or something that, like that. Tell us how it was for um, from a broadcasting perspective on Saturday night at Allianz Stadium. And what time did the game actually finish up? Oh, I know I got home at about 11.30 or something like that for a 7.45 kickoff. That's late. So <laughs> yes. it was, it was a, <laughs> a strenuous one. The funny thing is it actually happened last season as well. So I was well-conditioned, as were others. MacArthur Newcastle last season, the same thing happened. Now, that was a bit of a shock to the system because we had no idea what to do. So we were a little bit better conditioned uh, for it this time around. But, uh, yeah, it's always a challenge for broadcasters, especially on TV. I mean, it can be tricky. But we got through it and we had some funny people to talk to, including a big Sydney FC fan from Texas. Big in every which way. Big fan and, uh, yeah, everything in Texas is uh, a little bit bigger, they say. And uh, big old Will fit, fit, fit of the bill, that's for sure. But he kept us entertained. Okay, so he had come all the way from Texas for that game or lives in Australia? He was in Australia last year and somehow just fell in love with Sydney FC and the A-League. It like became his team. A massive sports fan from America. Likes his soccer, obviously, and uh, went to a game and that was it. He was hooked and no jokes. He says he wakes up at all hours of the night to watch every single game. He knew the entire squad and he decided to come to Australia for a, a three-game spell. And wow. uh, game he goes to gets delayed for an hour and a half due to a lightning strike. So uh, that was pretty humorous, but he kept us very much entertained during uh, the break. It was nice to chat to him on TV. Uh, so the listening area, we've got the Brisbane Raw 2-2 with the Western Sydney Wanderers. We mentioned Sydney FC over Perth Glory. The Mariners 2-2 with Melbourne Victory. MacArthur 4-3 in a thriller against Adelaide United. And the Newcastle Jets go down to Melbourne City FC. What are we thinking about the way this this table, the season is shaping up with a, a bit of a surprise leader there in Wellington Phoenix, Garby? There's surprise packets at the top of the table all over the place. And I think that's the big talking point out of the start of the season so far. Yep, the Phoenix, who are head the pack at the moment after six games with a manager in Giancarlo Italiano, who's presiding over them at the moment, who has a really interesting story. No playing background to speak of whatsoever just got into coaching the long way round and has made it to the top of an A-League club and has them top of the table after six games so that's a really nice tale. The Brisbane Roar under Ross Aloisi are going about their business beautifully as well and MacArthur are just the, uh, the quiet achievers at the moment. Under Socceroos great Mile Serdrovsky, you know, there's been a string of negativity around that club since their inception 
in the A-League, but they seem to be settling right now and heading in the right direction. They've got some talent. They seem to be blocking out some of the, uh, the outside noise or avoiding it at least. Usually they're the team that creates it, but they've stopped doing that for the moment. And uh, had a big win last night from 3-2 down against a, a title contender in Adelaide to win 4-3 late. That was a big moment for them. Nice atmosphere. And uh, yeah, they're another big story to take out of the season. Okay. And I know um, Bozza goes on about this a lot, but we've got Sydney FC playing MacArthur. I'm presuming that's at Allianz Stadium. That's on Saturday. And I know it won't be at the time of kickoff, but we've got 42 degrees out here. And I think 37 or 38 to uh, for the coastal areas of the city. That's the type of thing that is a real challenge for A-League and football purists around playing in summer. How do you view that, Daniel? It's an issue. I think they've done well to minimise the afternoon games. That's been a smart change. At night, there's not much you can do other than just put in extra drink breaks, which no doubt they will if the temperature is over a certain level by the time kickoff comes around. I mean, there's not much more you can do outside of that. We know why it's a summer league. There's no point going over that argument. Um, is it ideal? No, but that's just the way it is and has been in Australia for the majority of time that professional football has existed here. So, yep, uh, that's the lay of the land and uh, they seem to be making some changes around it and you, you do have sympathy for the players at times. But, uh, you know, we've also seen some fantastic football over the uh, duration of the A-League. Let's not forget those Brisbane Raw teams and other sides that have uh, really thrilled us over the years. I don't think the temperatures were that different during those years. It's not as if they were all of a sudden played in, in colder climates. So teams have managed with it before and uh, the league just needs to keep making adjustments in order to ensure that it's uh, not too strenuous on the players. Interesting appointment over there for the new Auckland A-League club. Terry McFlynn, the former Sydney FC captain who... I've had a little bit to do with, had to interview him on a number of occasions. Outstanding individual. It feels like he's their their first hire as general manager of football. And um, that's a really smart play from Auckland, I would have thought, Gabby. Yeah, I think so. He's got experience. He's got good contacts around the league. He was at the City FC, as you say. Then he was at the Perth Glory, um, presiding over their football department. So uh, he'll know the people to speak to, player mate, managers and agents and uh and the relevant people at clubs, they don't have long to get things together. They've only got around six months or so before they'd want a reasonable chunk of their squad garnered together uh, because then they'll start pre-season. So, yeah, they've got to act quick and they'll be on the phone trying to find out who's coming out of contract and offering them deals and they're trying to find overseas targets and the rest. So, yeah, it's a very important appointment to get right and get locked away straight away. Talk about getting things right. Uh, we spoke to Amy Sayer last week. Uh, absolutely impressive individual. Uh, football-wise, wasn't so good for the Matildas. So uh, less than 2% of the audience that watched their playoff game against France were watching this one on a Saturday afternoon. But the 5-0 scoreline is a concern. Even bigger concern was Caitlin Ford, who came out and said, no, we've, we've got to do nothing different when it comes to the second match. What are, what are we? I know they're down on troops, Garby, but what do we make of that Matilda's performance? Disappointing. Um, you know, it's a shame to end the year with a performance like that, but they play again tomorrow and hopefully they can uh, improve things on the field and, and perhaps get a better result. Look, just a friendly, but the, the Olympics are seven months away. So, you know, they want to keep things ticking over. They want to ensure that when they do rotate the squad and certain players go out, they've got enough depth there. 
that's what Tony Gustafsson's trying to do, of course. I don't think there's any need for alarm or anything like that. You play against the Olympic champions. Yes, a team that we look better than at the World Cup, but a side that still has quality in their own backyard, of course, when it is freezing, mind you. Uh, so there's a number of thing against, things against the Matildas. It's no need for panic. It's disappointing. We do have to look at the Olympics in seven months' time, but let's see how they go tomorrow when uh, Tony Gustafsson rotates things and brings uh, some more first-team players back into the 11. Even with that, though, there's no Mackenzie Arnold who's so important in goals. No Sam Kerr, of course. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's anything to look into too forensically, but uh, we should certainly keep an eye on things because the Olympics are an enormous tournament in women's football, as we know. Absolutely. We're very much looking forward to that. Uh, and quickly, mate, I've got to ask you, Ange goes into the Etihad and comes away with a point, the 3-3 thriller with Man City. So um, I, I guess as a Tottenham fan, you're probably hard-pressed to please if, you, if you're not happy with that result, right? It was a massive one for him, a really big settler because they'd dropped a few games recently. Injuries had been piling up. No one was panicking inside the Tottenham supporter base are at the club because they knew this was coming. But I think amid those circumstances, to go there and get a result late on is just enormous for him, uh, confidence-wise. So I think that's just settled things very nicely for, uh, for Tottenham Hotspur. They've got a, a tricky game against the West Ham coming up. That's not going to be easy, but uh, they're looking really good at the moment. And uh, that just, it's, a, it's a surprising result that probably came out of nowhere for a few people and would have believed his team could go there and get something. Once more, the impressive aspect of it, Jimmy, is they go to a place like the Etihad against Man City, down on confidence, a touch, and on troops, and they play the same way. And yet yeah. that delivers a result like that, a draw away to uh, the treble winners of last season. Shows what he's all about. It reaffirms that to the Tottenham players and to the Tottenham supporter base. And uh, they're not going anywhere. And, and that's only enhanced Ange Postacoglu's reputation even further. Yeah, wow. Isn't that exciting? Uh, okay, so uh, last question, mate. I've seen you reporting on football from around the globe at different stages. We'll we talk today about the tour you wish you were on. Is there any any campaign by the from the Socceroos that you thought, oh, wouldn't it be good to be a part of this as a team member? Well, I was lucky enough to uh, to watch the Socceroos in many different locations around the world, and I've been to the last four World Cups, so I can't uh, complain too much in that sense. I wasn't at the 2006 World Cup, so that would certainly Ooh. be a tour that uh, I would have loved to have been on, but uh, I wasn't there, be it as a, a fan or a, a player, that would have been something special. There's one sporting event that stands out for me, though, as one I would have loved to be at, and that is the 2001 Australian Cricket Test Tour of India. That series oh, yes. still is lost mind. I know everyone talks about the 2005 Ashes and the last Ashes were special as well, but that 2001 Tour of India, that epic series, of course, when Matt Hayden and Harbhajan both went berserk and the crowds were just enormous and Australia and India went down to the final day of that series. That's one I reckon I would have loved to have been a part of. I was completely captivated by that series. Ah, yes, Australian forced the follow-on and then didn't get a wicket the following day. So very, very special. Laxman was heavily involved in that one. Ah, good nomination, Daniel. Very good. Showing a diversity there as well. Hey, good on you, mate. Great to chat some football. uh, And we'll do it again next week. Sounds good. Cheers, Jimmy. Daniel Garb there, respected football commentator. We're late. Let's get to the news and then we're back with more.